stand forgiven at the cross. Thank you, choir. We have a couple of missing items, this beautiful uh, charm bracelet that someone might, must have lost today. It looks like it has a lot of special meaning here and a little bow. So they're going to be up here for you. Not right now. How about, how about a little bit later? <laughs> Claim them. Please open your Bible, if you would, and there's a pew Bible in front of you, to Luke's Gospel, Luke chapter 24. You can find that on page 884 in the Pew Bible. Matthew, Mark, then Luke in the New Testament, the third gospel. And we'll be reading from verses 1 to 12, page 884. Listen now to God's word. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. When they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed down their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words. Returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Lord God, we give you thanks this morning for this time that we could celebrate together, we could commune with you together. So now, Lord, we pray that you would draw very near to us, very clearly in our presence, Lord, that we may hear a good word through your servant. Lord, that these words I prepared would would be more than just simple words, but that your spirit would commune with us and speak into our lives a meaningful word of encouragement and faith. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Luke records that Peter marveled at what happened that first Resurrection Sunday. So friends, I want to do more than that if we can this morning. I want us to marvel at the who, what, where, why, and when of the first Resurrection Sunday. So four questions, four, four questions, two general questions and two personal questions out of the text, very simply and briefly, to look at this text and consider the who, what, where, when, and why of Easter. And here are the questions. Who died and who is alive? 
And what did he leave behind? And why do you seek the living among the dead? And when will you start living? So question number one, who died and is alive again? From the text, verses 1 and 2, On the first day of the week at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Can you imagine for just a moment the grief and sadness that these women who loved Jesus felt that early morning after preparing and and going to the tomb? They went to the tomb carrying spices to embalm Christ. Now, they, they came with good intentions, but they came to preserve a corpse from decay. But they were in for a shock when they got there. The stone had been rolled away. Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of God, really died and really walked out alive. God raised Jesus Christ from the grave. And he is now our living hope. That's why every Sunday we gather for worship is a resurrection Sunday. It is us remembering and celebrating what happened that first Easter morning. Which means this morning and every Sunday morning, we do not memorialize a dead Savior. He died for our sins once and for all, but now he lives so that we may live. That's why we praise him. That's why we sing to the only Savior who gave us everything. When I was growing up and trying to figure out whether I was going to be a Christian or not, I'd come to church and I'd think, that's kind of dead around here. That's not what church is meant to be. It's meant to be a celebration of life. And each Lord's Day is a Sabbath. Why Why do we rest and and honor Sabbath? It's to remind us that Christ's finished work on the cross has accomplished everything that we need. Think about the list of accomplishments and goals, things that need to get done. It's spring. We got to mulch. We got to plant. We got to prepare. But one day a week, we stop and realize all the preparation has been taken care of. Everything that ultimately needs to be done was already finished on the cross and the empty tomb. And so the takeaway, the first takeaway this Easter morning is this. Through the power of the Spirit, come to church with expectant joy, not with spices prepared to honor and memorialize a dead Savior. Come with expectant joy Come to celebrate and experience restoring rest. We need that. My commute is 1.23 miles. I'm ashamed to say that before you because I know many of you spend hours and hours on the road. This is your day of rest and expecting joy. In the living Lord Jesus, that's how you can truly commune with him this Easter day. Question number two, what did he leave behind? Verse three, what did he leave behind? It says, but when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. But what 
was left. Three things. He didn't come out like a mummy wrapped up like Lazarus. It says that the Lord left his his grave, grave clothes behind in Joseph of Arimathea's newly hewn tomb. They were left there behind. And I'm struck by why Luke includes and the other gospel writers include this detail of linen cloth left behind and, and a, a, handkerchief that, a handkerchief that covered his head. On September 14th, 1814, U.S. soldiers at Baltimore's Fort McHenry raised a huge American flag to celebrate a crucial victory over the British forces during the War of 1812. The sight of those stars and stripes inspired Francis Scott Key to write our national anthem. The star-spangled banner is on permanent display at the Smithsonian to mark that victory 200 years ago. But Jesus' grave cloths left behind in the tomb 2,000 years ago are a memorial of a far greater defeated enemy. Sin, death, and the devil. That's why they were left behind. And the Apostle Paul writes to the church in Corinth in his first letter to them in chapter 15, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So the first thing that Jesus left, he left us victory. That's the first thing he left behind. He left us victory. And as he left those angels to comfort and guide the women to bring word back to the apostles, so Christ has left behind his helper, the omnipotent helper of the Holy Spirit, to comfort and to guide us. And thirdly, he left an open passage. That stone would never roll back. Jesus could say to the devil, try and move that rock. You never can. That doorway to heaven is open. The grave, the Bible says, cannot hold his friends. The stone is rolled away forever. So marvel this morning at what he left behind. Victory, his spirit, and an open passage. Question three. This is straight from the text uh, from the angels asking a question. And this is where we get personal, especially for those who may be here who, who aren't believers in Jesus Christ. The angels say in verse 5, Why do you seek the living among the dead? There are places where seekers of Jesus Christ won't find him. No matter how hard they search or how sincere they seek him out, they will not find him. They look for the way in the columbariums of dead religion, but he is not there. They study at the graves of dead philosophers to find the truth, but he is not there. They try to find life among the twin tombs of spirituality and moral relativism. But he cannot be found there either. These are all invented by men. And they're laid out like the maze of a cemetery. 
Nowhere to be found is the living Lord Jesus among the dead. Now, if that's you, I invite you this morning to stop seeking the Savior among dead things. The Bible says in Psalm 46, it says, be quiet. I love it. Another translation says, quit striving and know that I am God. He is the God who is here, here even now. If you've been searching for the Savior in any of these places, and and honestly, many of us here have sought out those places or have in the past, so you are not alone. But I pray you would give up that hopeless task and understand that Christ is very near to you right now. And the Bible says that if you simply confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you can invite Him in and have new life. All you must do is turn your blind faith that's focused on worldly things, turn and open your eyes to reality. And He will meet you right here. So however you pray that prayer, and we're not going to rehearse it because there are a million ways and there's thousands of different languages. How could we try to curtail it into one English tongue? No, however you commune with the Lord and acknowledge Him as your Lord and Savior, do that this morning. And then come and and talk with one of the elders here at Nielsville afterwards and share that good news with us today. The final question And this one is for for people who are are Christians today. From verse 6, He is not here, but has risen. So question number four, when will you start living? The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19, that there is incredibly great power from God available for believers. And then Paul says the most incredible thing, that it's the same power that God used to raise Jesus from the grave. So you who are risen in Christ, don't dwell in the grave. Don't stay and hang out in the pits. Some people here this beautiful morning are uncertain about their faith. They're perplexed. They're they're frightened. They think, well, could this all be an idle tale? You are not alone. The first disciples felt all those things, the questioning, the the consternation, the, the perplexity, the frightenness of what it might mean for our lives to really give them over to the Lord. But the difference is, those first disciples left the doom and gloom behind and they started living. So make use of the power Jesus has afforded to you at the empty tomb to love God and to love people and to serve others instead of yourself. Make use of that power this day and start living. We left this week uh, for a couple of days for a funeral of a dear friend who passed away in Minneapolis who this past year was suffering and, and, and passed away last Sunday night. 
The first thing he wrote in his prayer journal when he, he got the diagnosis a year ago, Oh Lord, may, may this be used to glorify you. Give me hope for the challenges and unknown ahead of me. So there is a way to live even though we die. I want that for all of us. Doom and gloom is no way for a Christian to live this side of heaven. If you feel you have little faith, more is available, but don't think for another minute that Christ meant for you to stay where you are, sitting in a cold tomb, thinking my faith is is too little to come out. Come out. And in the words of Charles Spurgeon, enjoy the fresh light of full assurance and the sweet fragrance of the Spirit's comforting influence. It's yours today. And I'll conclude with this short message. From the words of the angels, remember how he told you. Underline that. If you're bringing your own Bible this morning, you can underline. Remember how he told you. He said... He would die and rise the third day. And then he appeared to the apostles and to hundreds more. No idle tale or hallucination can account for the transformation of this band of of scared men and women who transformed the known world and saw empires fall. Remember, he promised to come back and in the meantime, he left his omnipotent helper, the Holy Spirit, Remember his words, John eleven twenty five. I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even when they die. Remember his word this morning. And as he asked Martha, do you believe this? He asked this final question of you and of me. Do you believe this this morning? And if so, then live and live out loud. Let us pray. Oh God, we want to marvel with expectant joy this morning over the victory that you have brought and celebrate victory over sin, death, and the devil. You are here. You are here and present to new believers saved this morning here and across the world. You are here to renew faith and give assurance to your, your believers in Christ. Strengthen us this morning that we would celebrate the risen Lord Jesus. In the Savior's most beautiful name we pray. Amen.